0: Story Nine of Chronicles of Avonlea by Lucy Maud Montgomery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Story Nine Pa Sloan's Purchase. Narrated by Esther and Simonides.
1: Pa Sloan. Read by Leonard Wilson.
0: Ma Sloan.
2: Read by Beth Thomas. A Ten Year Old Boy. Read by Willie. Robert Lawson read by dom bombadil josiah spencer read by trisha g auctioneer read by rachel john clark read by beth thomas
1: i guess the molasses is getting low ain't it
0: said Posloan, insinuatingly
1: s'pose i'd better drive up to comedy this afternoon
2: and get some more there's a good half
0: gallon of molasses in the jug yet said Moss
2: ruthlessly that's so well, I noticed the kerosene,
1: demijohn wasn't very hefty the last time I filled the can. Reckon it needs
0: replenishing.
2: We have kerosene enough to do for a fortnight yet.
0: Ma continued to eat her dinner with an impassive face, but a twinkle made itself apparent in her eye. Lest Pa should see it, and feeling encouraged thereby, she looked immovably at her plate. Pa alone sighed. His invention was giving out didn't
1: i hear you say day before yesterday that you were out of uh, nutmegs
0: he queried after a few moments severe reflection
2: i got a supply of them from the egg peddler yesterday
0: responded ma by a great effort preventing the twinkle from spreading over her entire face she wondered if this third failure would squelch pa but pa was not to be squelched well anyway he said brightening up under the influence of a sudden saving inspiration I'll
1: have to go up to get the sorrel mare shod, so if you've any little errands you want done at the sorrel Ma. just make a memo of them while I hitch up.
0: The matter of shoeing the sorrel mare was beyond Ma's province, although she had her own suspicions about the sorrel mare's need of shoes. Why can't you give up beating
2: about the bush, Pa? She demanded with contemptuous pity. You might as well own up what's taken you to Carmody. I can see through your design. You want to get away to the Garland auction. That's what is troubling you, Pa Sloane
1: i don't know but what i might step over seeing it's so handy but the sorrel mare really does need shoeing
2: ma protested pa there's always something needing to be done if it's convenient retorted ma your mania for auctions'll be the ruin of you yet pa a man of fifty-five ought to have grown out of such a hankering but the older you get the worse you get anyways if i wanted to go to auctions i'd select them as was something like and not waste my time on little one-horse affairs like this of garlands
1: one might pick up something real cheap at garlands
0: said pot offensively
2: well you are not going to pick up anything cheap or otherwise pa because i'm going with you to see that you don't i know i can't stop you from going I might as well try to stop the wind from blowing, but I shall go too out of self-defense This house is so full now of old clutter and truck that you brought home from the auctions that I feel as if I was made up out of pieces and leftovers.
0: Pa Sloane sighed again. It was not exhilarating to attend an auction with Ma. She would never let him bid on anything, but he realized that Ma's mind was made up beyond the power of mortal man's persuasion to alter it, so he went out to hitch up. Pa Sloane's dissipation was going to auctions and buying things that nobody else would buy. Ma Sloan's patient endeavors of over thirty years had been able to effect only a partial reform. Sometimes Pa heroically refrained from going to an auction for six months at a time. Then he would break out worse than ever to go to all that took place for miles around and come home with a wagon full of misfits. His last exploit had been to bid on an old batter turn for five dollars. The boys ran things up on Pa Sloan for the fun of it and bring it home to outrage Ma, who had made her butter for fifteen years in the very latest, most up-to-date barrel churn insult to injury this was a second dasher that pa had bought in an auction that settled it ma decreed that henceforth she would chaperone pa when he went to auctions but this was the day of pa's good angel when he drove up to the door where ma was waiting a breathless heartless imp of ten flew into the yard and hurled himself between ma and the wagon step oh mrs Sloan, won't you come over to our house at once he gasped the b- baby he's got colic and ma's just wild he- and he's all black in the face Ma went, feeling that the stars in their courses fought against a woman who was trying to do her duty by her husband. But first she admonished Pa.
2: I shall have to let you go alone, but I charge you, Pa, not to bid on anything, on anything, do you hear?
0: Pa heard and promised to heed, with every intention of keeping his promise. Then he drove away joyfully. On any other occasion Ma would have been a welcome companion, but she certainly spoiled the flavor of an auction. When Pa arrived at the Carmody store, he saw that the little yard of the Garland Place below the hill was already full of people. The auction had evidently begun so not to miss any more of it pa hurried down the sorrel mare could wait for her shoes till afterwards ma had been within bounds when she called the garland auction a one-horse affair it certainly was very paltry especially when compared to the big donaldson auction of a month ago which pa still lived over in happy dreams horace garland and his wife had been poor when they died within six weeks of each other one of consumption and one of pneumonia they left nothing but debts and a little furniture the house had been a rented one the bidding on the various poor articles of household gear put up for sale was not brisk, but had an element of resigned determination. Carmody people knew that these things had to be sold to pay the debts, and they could not be sold unless they were bought. Still, it was a very tame affair. A woman came out of the house carrying a baby about eighteen months in her arms, and sat down on the bench beneath the window.
2: There's Marty Blair, with the garland baby,
0: said Robert Lawson to Pa.
2: I'd like to know what's to become of that poor young one.
1: Ain't there any of the father's or mother's folks to take it?" asked Bob.
2: No. Horace had no relatives that anybody ever heard of. Miss Horace had a brother. But he went to Manitoba years ago, and nobody knows where he is now. Somebody'll have to take the baby, and nobody seems anxious to. I've got eight myself, or I think about it. He's a fine little chap
0: pa with ma's parting admonition ringing in his ears did not bid on anything although it will never be known how great was the heroic self-restraint he put on himself until just at the last when he did bid on a collection of flower-pots thinking he might indulge himself to that small extent but josiah sloane had been commissioned by his wife to bring those flower-pots home to her so Paul lost them there that's all said the auctioneer wiping his face for the day was very warm for october there's nothing more unless we sell the baby a laugh went through the crowd the sale had been a dull affair and they were ready for some fun "'Someone called out. "'Put him up, Jacob!' "'The joke found favor, and the call was repeated hilariously. "'Jacob Blair took little Teddy Garland out of Martha's arms "'and stood him up on the table by the door, "'studying the small chap with one big brown hand. "'The baby had a mop of yellow curls and a pink and white face and big blue eyes. "'He laughed out at the men before him and waved his hands of delight. Hoss Sloane thought he had never seen so pretty a baby. "'Here's a baby for sale,' shouted the auctioneer. "'A genuine article, pretty near as good as brand new.' a real live baby
2: warranted to walk and talk a little who bids a dollar did i hear anyone
0: mean enough to bid a dollar no sir babies don't come as cheap as that especially the curly-headed brand the crowd laughed again pa Sloane, by way of keeping on the joke cried four
1: dollars
0: everybody looked at him the impression flashed through the crowd that pa was in earnest and meant thus to signify his intention of giving the baby a home he was well-to-do and his only son was grown up and married six cried out john clark from the other side of the yard john clark lived at white sands and he and his wife were childless that bid of john clark's was pa's undoing pa sloane could not have an enemy but a rival he had and that rival was john clark everywhere at auctions john clark was wont to bid against pa at the last auction he had outbid pa in everything not having the fear of his wife before his eyes pa's fighting blood was up in a moment he forgot ma sloane he forgot what he was bidding for he forgot everything except a determination that john clark should not be victor again ten he called shrilly fifteen shouted clark twenty vociferated pa twenty-five bellowed clark Thirty shrieked pa he nearly burst a blood vessel in shrieking but he had won clark turned off with a laugh and a shrug and the baby was knocked down to pa Sloan by the auctioneer who had meanwhile been keeping the crowd in roars of laughter by a quick fire of witticisms there had not been such fun at an auction in carmody for many a long day pa loan came or was pushed forward the baby was put into his arms. He realized that he was expected to keep it, and he was too dazed to refuse. Besides, his heart went out to the child. The auctioneer looked doubtfully at the money which Pa laid mutely down. I suppose that part was only a joke, he said.
2: Not a bit of it,
0: said Robert Lawson.
2: All the money won't be too much to pay the debts. There's a doctor's bill, and this will just about pay it.
0: Pa Sloane drove back home with the sorrel mare still unshod, the baby in the baby's meagre bundle of clothes. The baby did not trouble him much. It had become well used to strangers in the past two months, and promptly fell asleep on his arm. But Pa Sloane did not enjoy that drive. At the end of it, he mentally saw Ma Sloane. Ma was there, too, waiting for him on the back doorstep, as he drove into the yard at sunset. Her face, when she saw the baby, expressed the last degree of amazement.
2: "'Pa Sloane!'
0: she demanded. "'Whose is that young one, and where did you get
1: it?'
0: "'I—I bought it at
1: the auction, Ma,'
0: said Pa feebly. Then he waited for the explosion. None came. This last exploit of Pa's was too much for Ma. With a gasp, she snatched the baby from Pa's arms and ordered him to go out and put the mare in. When Pa returned to the kitchen, Ma had set the baby on the sofa, fenced him around the chairs so that he couldn't fall off, and had given him a molasses cookie.
2: "'Now, Pa Sloan, you can't explain,'
0: she said. Pa explained. Ma listened in grim silence until he had finished, and she said sternly, "'Do you reckon
2: we're going to keep this baby?' Uh, "'I don't know,'
0: said Pa and he didn't
2: well we're not i brought up one boy and that's enough i don't calculate to be pestered with any more i never was much struck on children as children anyhow you say that mary garland has a brother out in manitoba well we shall just write to him and tell him he's got to look out for his nephew
1: but how can you do that ma when nobody knows his address
0: objected pa with a wistful look at that delicious laughing baby
2: i'll find out his address if i have to advertise in the papers for him "'retorted Ma. "'As for you, Pa Sloane, you're not fit to be out of a lunatic asylum. "'The next auction you'll be buying a wife, I suppose.'
0: "'Pa, quite crushed by Ma's sarcasm, pulled his chair into supper. "'Ma picked up the baby and sat down at the head of the table. "'Little Teddy laughed and pinched her face. "'Ma's face!' "'Ma looked very grim, but she fed him his supper as skillfully as if it had not been thirty years since she had done such a thing. "'But then, the woman who once learns the mother knack never forgets it. After tea, Ma dispatched Pa over to William Alexander's to borrow a high chair. When Pa returned in the toilet, the baby was fenced in on the sofa again, and Ma was stepping briskly about the garret. She was bringing down the little cot bed her own boy had once occupied, and setting it up in her room for Teddy. Then she undressed the baby and rocked him to sleep, crooning an old lullaby over him. Pa Sloane sat quietly and listened with very sweet memories of the long ago when he and Ma had been young and proud, and the bewhiskered William Alexander had been a curly-headed little fellow like this one ma was not driven to advertising for mrs garland's brother that personage saw the notice of his sister's death in a home paper and wrote to the carmody postmaster for full information the letter was referred to ma and ma answered it she wrote that they had taken in the baby pending further arrangements but had no intention of keeping it and she calmly demanded of its uncle what was to be done with it then she sealed and addressed the, the letter with an unfaltering hand but when it was done she looked across the table at pa sloane who was sitting in the armchair with the baby on his knee they were having a royal good time together pa had always been dreadfully foolish about babies he looked ten years younger ma's keen eyes softened a little as she washed them a prompt answer came to her letter teddy's uncle wrote that he had six children of his own but was nevertheless willing and glad to give his little nephew a home but he could not come after him josiah spencer of white sands was going out to manitoba in the spring if mr and mrs Sloane could only keep the baby till then he could be sent out with the spencers perhaps they would see a chance sooner
1: there'll be no chance sooner
0: said pa sloane in a tone of satisfaction
2: no worse luck
0: retorted ma crisply the winter passed by little teddy grew and throve, and pa sloane worshipped him ma was very good to him too and teddy was just as fond of her as of pa nevertheless as the spring near, pa became depressed sometimes he sighed heavily especially when he heard casual references to the josiah spencer emigration one warm afternoon in early may josiah spencer arrived he found ma knitting placidly in the kitchen while pa nodded over his newspaper and the baby played with the cat on the floor good
2: afternoon mrs sloane said josiah with a flourish i just dropped in to see about this young man here we were going to leave next wednesday so you'd better send him down to our place monday or tuesday so that he can get used to us and
0: oh ma began pa rising imploringly to his feet ma transfixed him with her eye
2: sit down pa
0: she commanded unhappy pa sat then ma glared at the smiling desire who instantly felt as guilty as if he had been caught stealing sheep red-handed
2: we're much obliged to you mr spencer said ma icily but this baby is ours we bought him and we paid for him a bargain is a bargain when i pay cash down for babies i propose to get my money's worth we are going to keep this baby in spite of any number of uncles in manitoba have i made this sufficiently clear to your understanding mr spencer certainly certainly stammered the unfortunate man feeling guiltier than ever but i thought you didn't want him i thought you'd written to his uncle i thought i really wouldn't think quite so much if i were you
0: said ma kindly
2: it must be hard on you
0: won't you stay and have tea with us but no josiah would not stay he was thankful to make his escape with such rags of self-respect as remained to him pa Sloane arose and came around to ma's chair he laid a trembling hand on her shoulder
1: Ma, you're a good woman,
0: he said softly.
2: Go along, Pa,
0: said Ma. End of story nine.